The Bible Study Podcast, episode 639. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Galatians with Galatians chapter 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. In chapter 2 of Galatians, Paul is going to relate to the Galatians some of what we were reading in the book of Acts about the Council of Jerusalem, but he's also going to talk about some of the things that happened after the Council of Jerusalem that we did not learn from the book of Acts, and that is that even though it seemed like the question of should Gentile believers become Jewish got resolved at the Council of Jerusalem, it wasn't as resolved as we thought, as obvious from the book of Galatians. But here's Galatians chapter 2. Paul accepted by the apostles. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem— Whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. I believe this section here is not talking about a different visit of Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, but the visit that we were reading about in Acts. This would be his summation of the Council of Jerusalem. Basically, they went to Jerusalem to make sure that they weren't preaching the wrong gospel, to to establish once and for all what the issue was relative to what these Gentiles should be, what they should become. And we saw that in Acts, that basically some Judaizers had come, some people had come to Antioch where Paul and Barnabas were and said, hey, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. This whole Christianity thing is is a Jewish sect. Basically, you need to be Jewish. And so they went down and were sent down by the church to establish what the truth was. Paul certainly believed one thing that was different from these people who had come in, and he said they went down and they met with some of these pillars of the church. He says, now, you know, that's how they were esteemed. God does not show favoritism. But he basically says that these people you've heard of who are esteemed as pillars of the church, we went down and met with them, and we even brought along with us one of these Gentile believers, Titus. And Titus is the same person who Paul will later write one of his uh, letters to, 
one of the pastoral letters, the letters to Timothy and Titus, are to an individual, and they're written to someone in the role of a pastor. Titus is this guy. And they brought him down as a, a young, I believe, Greek Christian believer. And Antioch was actually the first place that people started calling our faith Christianity or started calling the believers Christians. Uh, they weren't known as that before then. And so it would be appropriate for me to say they brought down this young Christian Gentile believer, Titus. And, they, and Paul says, not even he was told to be circumcised. And so he was accepted as a Christian, accepted as a brother in Christ by Peter and James, the brother of Jesus, and John, those people who you've heard of, those people who two of which are featured well in the Gospels, that as we know them. He said he was accepted by them as he was, without circumcision. Basically, that he didn't have to become Jewish to be Christian. And that not only did they accept that Paul and Barnabas had been teaching the right thing, but they also recognized that they had been called by God with a specific ministry, that Paul had been called to preach to the Gentiles just as Peter had been called to preach to the Jews, to the circumcised. And so they had this meeting and everything was decided. But Paul goes on in Galatians and says this, Paul opposes Cephas. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it that then you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law I died to the law, that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing." A lot of words there. That last phrase, though, is probably Paul's best argument. We have to remember that Jesus found himself in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross, praying to God the Father, saying, if there is any other way, if there is any other way to restore these people to you without me going to the cross, let's do that. If they can get there by being 
moral people, if they can get there by believing in some other religion, if they can get there by becoming Jewish and getting circumcised, if there's any other way that we can restore them to you, let's do that. But not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus goes to the cross because that is the way that God cannot be in community with us while we were covered in sin. And that now that we are under the blood of Christ, now that we are covered by the death that Christ died in our place, we can have communion with God. That that was the way, that was the only way, is what Paul is saying. And so he said, if this whole thing of you want them to be Jews, if that had been enough for us even, Christ would not have had to die. But it was insufficient. And Paul argues this at much more length in the book of Romans, where he says the problem with the law is that the law didn't have the power to save. The law could point out our sin. In fact, the law, as I talked about in the sermon that I did about a month ago or so, that not only that, it's worse than that because the law actually taught me about sin and made me want to to sin more sometimes. And so he's saying it didn't work for us, it won't work for them. They need to be saved by Christ and Christ alone. And this is true for us as well, that there isn't something else that needs to be added. It wasn't that Christ's work was incomplete, that Christ was not just the way to save us, but the only way to save us and the only thing needed. And so Paul opposes Peter, Cephas, because Peter has fallen back into that issue. We talk about things being solved and things being settled, but things don't tend to be settled as long as people are involved. And people have their own agendas and people have, you know, want to fit in and Peter sounds like here he wanted to fit in, and he was afraid of what people would think of him, and so he changed his ways back to a way that he knew was not true. And Paul has to correct him publicly and say, this is not what we believe. This is not what we decided. This is not what the Holy Spirit showed us. We understand that we are saved not by what we do, but by what was done for us by Christ. And that is true for them, and it's true for us as well. And Paul talks a lot about, okay, and then what and how do we live, but he'll talk about that in other places. That's not what he's addressing at this point. But with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.